one time my wife got a henna tattoo. And it was, I think it was from a movie. It was a quote. Thankfully, it was a henna tattoo because she wanted to get on her wrist, remember to breathe. But this was in Hawaii where English is a broken language. So it said, remember to breath for about three or four days. It's funny. I need to do something today because we're going to talk about a topic that you can't, this, this topic deserves its own sermon series. We've been, if you're just joining us, we've been traveling through a very unconventional view of the scripture, not in the sense that it's not biblical, but in the sense that pastors don't like talking about it. We've been looking at Elohim, the spiritual beings in the Bible. And we've been looking at the different rebellions and understanding that this world we live in, there is another realm, the spiritual realm, the unseen realm that overlaps and interacts with our realm. And generally, most people that go to churches would say, I believe in God, Satan, angels, demons. But the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is so rich in its language. And today we get to, as we've traversed through the timelines and the different strengths and abilities and how these evil spiritual beings rule over different regions of the earth, today we land on what I would say is the most neglected good guy on the team, which is the Holy Spirit. So, with that being said, I need you to take in three Deep breath. We're going full Wim Hof style, okay? I need you to breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. In through your nose, out through your mouth. I recognize if you're new, this is creepy. Really, in through your nose, out through your mouth. You guys feel that? Some of you are like, I feel lightheaded. Thank you, Pastor. The reason why... I need us to start there. It's because it's important that we realize that the words, that the words for spirit and wind and breath are important. When you go to an emergency situation, if you've ever been involved or near an emergency situation and somebody is unconscious on the floor, what do you do? What do you try to figure out first? Are they breathing? Do they have a pulse? I don't know what the correct order is. Marty, what's the correct order? It's that way. Breathing first, pulse second. Okay. So if I collapse, you'll come and check my breathing first. And then my pulse second. Or would you not even come up here? You're off duty. Okay. Just trusting the Lord. Pastor, you don't have enough faith. <laughs> Sorry, that's somebody poking fun at other churches, which we try not to do here often. Um, breathing is important. And the word for spirit and wind and breath is the same word. They didn't have a delineation. They didn't have different words like we have wind and breath and spirit. But breathing is so important, and I think that... Um, Many of us know this. Did you know that 25% of people globally snore on a regular basis? Did you know that? That's fascinating. If you're married to a snorer, can I get an amen? That was statistically unlikely and unexpected. 
about 90 million people in the U.S. are aware that they snore. People, <laughs> the partners of snorers, lose more than one hour of sleep every single night. <laughs> Preach! <laughs> Only 59% of snorers are aware that they snore, Eric! <laughs> you have been made aware. I, I think it's odd yet intentional that God would use the same words for breath and for wind and for spirit. We, we're, we live in Florida, so I don't need to explain to you the power of wind, right? We know the power of wind. We see this coming at the speed of a snail. Nobody's panicking until the day before. I remember when Irma was coming, I was cool as a cucumber, cool as a cucumber. It's going to be all right, babe. I'm comforting my family. Literally like 24 hours before Irma landed back in whatever year that was, I look at Amy and I said, I think you should maybe leave. Bad husband move. That's like if you're at the airport and you look at a complete stranger and with a dead face, you just say, don't get on the plane and you walk away. Bad move. We see wind. Some of you are from these areas. I've lived in a lot of different natural disaster zones. I lived on the big island of Hawaii, which has the only active volcano for some period of time. I lived in California through many earthquakes. I've now lived in Florida for eight years with hurricanes. These are the most terrifying natural disaster, bar none. Hurricanes, if you get hit by a hurricane, that's on you, okay? I've been playing pickleball for two weeks. I'm a monster out there on the courts because my opponents are 75-year-old Miss Martha, okay? Um, hurricanes move slower. You can get away. These are no joke. And the word for spirit and wind and breath is the same word. And the only difference is, is that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek. And both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it's one word for wind and for spirit and for breath. So today, the Holy Spirit, who we are looking at, we're going to just look at it in a very unsatisfactory way. If you've been in the church for a long time and you're thinking, today is the day I've been waiting for a sermon on the Holy Spirit, I need you to understand all, if you grew up in the, the Pentecostal, the Charismatic Assemblies of God, that branch of Christianity, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just ignore me for a second. I'm basically talking about like Thanksgiving dinner. You got a crazy uncle, a fun uncle, a grumpy uncle. That's all denominations generally are. Today, I need us to understand these core principles. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God who is personal. He's not just an energy force. The Holy Spirit of God is present everywhere. The Holy Spirit of God is the helper, capital T-H-E, helper. That means if you need help, guess who's going to be there? Not the Ghostbusters, the Holy Ghost. That's a bad joke. The Holy Spirit is truth, the spirit of truth, he, and he dwells in believers. This is the word, and this is where we're going to really, because if you've been here for a few months now, you know that Nate, or the worship leader, does not like to participate in this. This word is ruach. I mean, you've got to really German it out in the back of your throat. So I need, if you're German, I need your help. So I, and this is the word for spirit in the Old Testament, ruach. Okay, so try to say that. Okay, uh, that was a poor attempt. One, two, three, ruach. 
can't out wipe the spit off the back of the person's head in front of you. That's gross. You shouldn't do that, you guys. But we still have diseases, even though we're, you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> the word, this is much easier. The Greek word is pneuma. There's no spit involved. It even sounds breezy. So where do you start if you're going to talk about the Holy Spirit? Where we've gone many, many times during this series, in the beginning, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, Elohim. It's the word for the, a, a, a spiritual being. So when you see G-O-D in the Bible, whether it's all caps or a lowercase g, it is the same word in the Hebrew, which can be very confusing if you're just reading the Hebrew. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. It was empty. It was blank. But there was darkness over the face of the deep. And this is the first time the Ruach of God shows up. The Ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So all that we know, if you are an ancient Jewish person, and if you're new to this whole Christian thing, I need to give you a pro tip. Most of us in America read the Bible as if it was written to us. It was not. In fact, it was written to ancient Israelite people primarily, and then Gentile Christians later on in the New Testament. So we have to think. It's a cross-cultural experience. It's like when you go to another country and you realize they don't do things the way that we do things. I was talking with Jake, the guy that was playing guitar in the back. He just got back from Scotland. They had a magical trip, he and his wife. They went to all of the places like Karagmadun and Inverness and the castles. And because he's a believer, he didn't partake of any of the local distilleries, but he ate their soup stuff. What is it called? The, the stew that they made? Oh no, what's the gross food called? Haggis. How did you all know that? Oh, well, y'all are fancy. I'd imagine it's similar to Filipino dinuguan. It's good then. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is that if you don't come to this passage, if you come to it as a Western-thinking, American-believing Christian, you want to go straight from Genesis 1 into this is precisely the order that God created the world and why, but the ancient Israelites we're looking and hearing through different eyes and ears than we have. And all that they would have known at this point is that God, a spiritual being, created the heavens and the earth. And it was dark and void and formless. And then the Ruach of God, the spirit of this being who created, was now hovering the face of the earth. And then in one chapter later, we see this. When God makes humans, it says, The Lord formed the man of the dust from the ground, and he breathed, he literally ruached is the word, into his nostrils. The same spirit that hovers is now being spirited into human beings. Air is what animates and brings to life. When I tell you, when someone is on the ground, you check for their breath, because if you don't breathe for too long, you die for a long time. It's interesting to me that uh, an old rabbi who said that the name of God, yod He vah that's if you see the all caps L-O-R-D in your Bible, it's Yahweh. And that name of God, one old rabbi said, it's, it's the sound of essentially just breathing. yod He vah This week and last week I've been, you guys, I'm, I'm known on the pickleball courts as the beast from the east. Okay? This, that's not true. I'd like to believe it is. I wear this Apple Watch. 
I don't know what a healthy pulse is. I don't know what a safe pulse is. If one of the medical people can help me out, I'm 42 years old, and um, I know there's some math equation, 220 minus your, whatever. I'm hitting regularly 180 BPMs trying to keep up with, with Miss Martha and Miss Sue. And my heart's pounding. And I will lean over like this, and I will heave oxygen into me. And then people tell me, you need to slow down. You're moving too much. I said, that's why I'm here to establish dominance against the retired. That's not why I'm there just to have fun and play sports. But it's so interesting to me that breath and spirit are the same word. And it's so interesting to me that some of these ancient rabbis would say that the literally your breathing is the sound of God's name. So in that moment when you are no longer breathing the sound of God's name, that's when the human experience ends. When yod, hey, va, hey, is no longer coming from your mouth and lungs, you no longer live. Up to this point, if you're just reading the Bible for the very first time, if you're like me and you didn't have much of a Bible background at all, and you start in Genesis 1 because it's the beginning of a book, you'd be like, okay, who or what or how is this Holy Spirit? So to clarify things, in the words of the greatest Jedi, Ever. Oh, you thought I was going to use that one? You thought wrong. See, that the greatest Jedi ever is, um, is not that Obi-Wan. The greatest Jedi ever is that Obi-Wan. Yes, you young kids. All of you out here who know who Jar Jar Binks is, you are in sin. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Old Ben Kenobi. And if you're just reading in the beginning and you're saying, who is this Ruach? Because the Ruach of God hovered waters that were chaos. And then God literally Ruachs into humans. And that Ruach gives them life and animation and the ability to interact. But you would kind of think, is this a force? Is it, what? The force is what gives a Jedi his power. The Ruach. You see what we're doing here? It is a Ruach field created by all living ruachs. No, I'm really overdoing it. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Now, George Lucas was actually really stealing from Eastern religious practices when he wrote Star Wars. But what I think we might miss in Christianity is that we've boiled the Holy Spirit down so much that we really are in two stuck camps right? If you grew up in any church denomination and you've sort of dabbled around, you know what I'm talking about. We are down with the Father because it's our Father who art in heaven. We are down with Jesus. We lit up his name. Our science is all about Jesus. And we're, churches are cool with Father, the Jesus. And then all of a sudden you get to the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity. It shouldn't make easy sense to you that the Father is God but not the Son, but the Son is fully God, but not the Father, and the Holy Spirit is fully God, but, but they're not each other, but they are fully God, and there's only one God. If you're not scratching your head, you're doing this Christian thing wrong. But the Holy Spirit is the one that we kind of are like. I mean, let's go back to the Thanksgiving table. We all have that one uncle who's crazy, and we know that if you invite that uncle, he's going to say something wild. We all have him, right, or her, Cousin, 
second ante. You know they're coming in. They're going to pull up, and they got that brand new, like, flag they put on the back of their Ford F-350. This is hitting really close to home for some of you guys. I can see it in your face. No, we treat the Holy Spirit like this because, and here's what I think has happened. We think the Holy Spirit is weird because we read the Bible, we're like, okay, the Spirit is, is weird because we're going to get to some of the weird passages. When the Holy Spirit comes down, people start speaking in other languages. When the Holy Spirit goes into someone, it's, does he possess us? Because in some denominations, it's not even the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Ghost. And when I say Holy Ghost, if you came from those denominations, you know that it's not said like that. No, it's, it's the Holy Ghost. Like they don't even have the S or the T fully enunciated. It's the ghost of God. This is why, see the Holy Spirit's weird, Ryan. We don't do that. No, no, we're weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is more real than our spirit. Our spirit only exists because his spirit breathed into us. Oh my goodness, Holy Ghost. <laughs> if you can't tell, like I'm a very suburban pastor, okay? I, it's all right. <laughs> he forgives me. <laughs> the, the reason is because humans will take something and then we make the spiritual things more weird than they actually are. The greatest reality is who God is. We are a secondary reality dependent on his reality. And the Holy Spirit of God up to this point in the biblical story is something that hovers. And when the spirit is spirited into dirt, it animates life. And then we walk through the Old Testament and he's honestly not mentioned much. Three times by that tagline, the Holy Spirit. Um, but the word ruach appears hundreds of times, over 300 times. And you, you have to sort of read it like, is this wind? Is this breath? Is this spirit? Yes, yes, yes. See, we want to scientifically splice everything. The Bible wants to show us that God intentionally created things so that when someone is breathing, you know they are living. When they are not breathing, you know they are not living. God intentionally uses these words so that when wind blows through trees, this invisible force that animates and causes movement and life, and we don't know where it comes from or where it goes, even today in 2023. Do you remember how panicked Tampa Bay was when Ian was coming in? Full on panic. I mean, I was watching native Floridians panic. That was unseen for me. Like Floridians started buying water. They canceled their board game nights. And I thought this might be serious. And then in one evening, it turned and hit and the devastation down south was horrendous. But that happened in one evening with all of the Dopplers, with all of the satellites, with all of the planes and the flying and the measuring. When Jesus says to Nicodemus, the wind blows where it's going to blow. It does what it's going to do. It's the word for spirit. The spirit goes where he is going to go. And the Bible has to teach us and develop this story and this concept that the spirit of God is God has personality, is personal. It's not a force. It's not just a presence. It doesn't just hold the galaxy together like some nameless, faceless thing. See, the Spirit begins to drop and give Samson strength. The Spirit will come alongside and empower people in the Old Testament. But there was something that was uniquely broken in the Garden of Eden when the spiritual realm and our realm overlapped, and then it was broken. 
we lost the ability to walk with God's spirit. But as this story unfolds and God is trying to press into his people from the spiritual realm, he's saying, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. You're getting enslaved. I'm going to free you. You're going to rebel. I'm going to guide you. You're going to not listen to this. You're going to get disciplined because I need you to come back. You're going to come back to me. And then he says this amazing prophecy before Jesus comes, before the Holy Spirit comes down at Pentecost 2,000 years ago, he says, it shall come to pass afterward. I will pour out my ruach on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophesy can mean tell future things. Prophesy can mean speak the truths about who God is. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. During this series, we've had more people call me and say, I had a dream. And I'm like, tell me the dream. I want to know the dream. It could be from the Lord. It could not be from the Lord. It could be. Uh, someone will say, I, have, I think I might have a word for you from the Lord. Now, this is where we get to. People are weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. It's not weird to, for us in a, in a Christian church gathering to say, of course there's a spiritual being who can put dreams into our minds. Of course there's a spiritual being who can give us words to know things that we wouldn't have otherwise known. Of course, this makes sense. That's why we're here. We're not here for the ordinary. We're here for the extraordinary. We're here to see God move in our lives. We're here so that these cards can pile up. So that these people that can say, I was healed of cancer. I made it. I got, my, my life was over. My kids didn't love me. They came back. My marriage was over, but God restored. This is why we're here. But who does it? Now, it is clear where all the assemblies of God people are sitting. You know, next week, all the former Catholics are going to migrate to this side with the Baptists. Now, what's amazing about the Holy Spirit is that we treat him like he's the weird and he's the, this third wheel. Like he's, like if it's a date, it's Jesus and the Father are on the date and the Holy Spirit's over there like, what do I do third wheeling here over at Buca de Beppo? I, there's something we need to understand. And I'm, I'm just saying this and we'll have more Holy Spirit stuff. I'm, I'm trying to navigate the next series and the things that are coming up. And I'm like, man, we need to do like a full-blown, just ripping, pouring in, pouring upon us Holy Spirit series. But you all don't get to choose that. I will pray with the elders. See, this is what Jesus says as now he's born, and we're getting close to this Holy Spirit time. The Holy Spirit had not yet come and manifest on God's people, but the Holy Spirit had skipped like a stone throughout Jewish history. And now Jesus is here, and he's coming to the end. John, John is an interesting book. It's like the first beginning of half of the book happened over like three years, and then the last half of the book happened over like just a couple weeks. And he's telling his disciples now, because Jesus is led by the Spirit. When he got baptized, the Father spoke and the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. And so the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the Satan. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus from town to town. It's like Jesus was tuned in perfectly. Where do I go, Spirit? Where do you want me to go? And Jesus and the Spirit, they're the same God, but they're somehow different yet the same. And now he says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And even, who's the helper? The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is where Jesus is getting really weird. The Holy Spirit, he's dwelling with you. 
right now, they'd be looking around like, wait, he's not dwelling with me because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. And then Jesus says this, and he will be in you. He will be in you. So Jesus, this rabbi in his early 30s, is telling a group of blue-collar, mostly um, followers, hey, the Spirit has been with you. It's living here. You should be freaked out when you read the Bible. We have sanitized the Sunday school stories. The Bible is spiritually, from our perspective, weird. Because there's a 30-year-old. If a 30-year-old guy says anything nowadays, everyone my age looks at him and just says, you're a fetus. All the people that are moving the culture on social media, the 13, 14, 15-year-olds, they look at a 30-year-old guy and be like, you're ancient. This is a middle-aged Jewish rabbi who starts saying things like this. I and the Father are one. I, I'm going to give you a helper, the spirit of truth. He's actually living with you, but he's actually going to be in you. You should be confused. And then he says, I will not leave you as orphans. So now, so now Jesus is talking as if he's like the father, but he's just been the rabbi. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, my followers. I will come to you. Yet in a little while, and the whole world will see me no more, but you will see me. Okay, Jesus is like, you're not going to see me. You're going to see me. You're not going to have me. I'm going to be in you. What is going on? Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Well, Jesus, you're, you're going to leave, but you're going to be in in me? I don't think, it's like if I walked up, let me see, it won't be creepy with you. Hey, Rafi, later for lunch. Dude, I'm going to go with you, but then I'm going to leave, but then I'm going to be inside your brain and your heart. Your first response is, I'm calling my mom, mommy, I think Pastor Ryan had a stroke. Or, because that's not normal, I'm going to be inside. I'm going to fill you. See, Jesus says something that's very remarkable in this next verse. He says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Could you imagine the audacity? Jesus, the miracle worker. Jesus, the guy who can spit on mud and heal a blind guy. Jesus, the guy that could borrow a kid's Barney lunchbox and feed 10,000 people. And that same Jesus, after he's done all these miracles, says, it's to your advantage that I go away. What? I mean, Jesus is a pretty cool guy to have around in a pinch. Uh, could you I was thinking about this this week. What if Jesus had like an Instagram? Could you imagine this, the reels that Jesus would post on Instagram? Just hanging around on Siesta Key, walking down the water. Could you imagine? He's, we're going over to Brandon. Found this blind guy. I'm going to go ruach in his eyes. And he's going to see. Just taking selfies. There's a 
art that someone did of Jesus taking a selfie at the Last Supper table, and it's got me going down this weird train of thought. Because if someone, like Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I leave, or the NLT says, it's, it's best for you if I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper cannot come. Because Jesus, in, at that point, he's in his body. He couldn't go all over here and then still be over there because he's in his body so that he could die for you and for me. Now, Jesus, I know he wouldn't be on Instagram, actually, because that's sinful, okay? Clearly, if Jesus had any social media preference, and this is a very narrow audience, I understand, but surely it's MySpace. Right? Right? Yeah. It's a, Jesus is like, this is my space, and he means it. Facebook, if you're still on Facebook, you need more Jesus. I think maybe TikTok. The only reason I'm thinking that is because the government wants to control TikTok like they controlled Jesus. Didn't work for them. Don't worry, I'm not being political. So all you guys that have your genes in a bunch, just, just get over it. The reason why Jesus had to go away is because if he didn't, he couldn't send his spirit. His spirit who can be present in all places. And when the spirit comes, when Jesus goes away for our benefit so that it's no longer I get to touch Jesus, I get to be near Jesus, I get to camp with Jesus, I get to eat scrambled eggs with Jesus. No, no, no. Now it's Jesus' body leaves, dies, resurrects, ascends into heaven, sends down this spirit who can now live in all of God's people, and when he comes, he will convict the world. See, we can only convict people like this, like, man, what are you doing? And it's one-to-one. -one. God says, I've got this plan. This spiritual realm, these evil spiritual beings, they can't even see my plan. I am not only gonna send myself down into human form to die for them, when he resurrects and ascends back up to heaven, we're actually gonna take that same spirit who was in the beginning, hovering over the void, and that spirit's going to fill and inhabit and dwell within my people. So you might have missed this, but the Jewish people wouldn't have missed this at all from Genesis 1-2. The void, the deep waters, it was terrifying to them. It was the unknown. As far as I know, I mean, I know some of you in here are scared of the ocean. Off the top of my head, I only know for sure Gary is. Gary is terrified of the ocean, right? You don't swim well. So if I were to take you out on a boat, let's say, a little boat, a dinghy, and we go out five miles, let's call it 13 to be safe. And let's say, I promise you, Gary, I'm an excellent swimmer. I will not let you die. But Gary, we gonna go for a swim. You jumping in with me, Gary? What if I got you the best unicorn floaty that existed, impenetrable, but your feet or dangling down like little sharksicles. Would you go with me? No, okay. See that, that feeling that Gary has about the ocean, the Jewish people had about the ocean. It was the darkness, it was the unknown, it was chaotic. So when in the beginning, God's spirit, God's ruach hovered over, it's, it's showing us right before God creates, he's saying, 
all of this chaos, all of this unknown, I oversee. There is nothing in your life that I am not overseeing, that I am not hovering over. The Jewish people wouldn't have had to been taught this. They would have inherently read Genesis 1-2 and said, God's spirit is over the chaos. God's spirit is over the oceans of Anna Maria. I Now, if God said, Gary, I'm going to take you on an adventure of faith, and I'm going to grow your faith five, ten, nay, one thousand fold. Will you go out in a boat with Pastor Ryan? and drive out until you can no longer see the land. And Gary, there I'm going to appear to you. I'm going to have a dolphin jump out of the air and say your name in perfect English. Gary Papa G, come take a swim with me. And if that happens, Gary, will you jump in then? Nope. And then a flying fish, Gary's going to come out. (laughs) I don't know what it will take for you, but I'll tell you what, some of you right now, some of you today are thinking, God cannot possibly understand my situation because you grew up in a church where God is so far up, so far above, you can't fathom that when he comes, he's gonna be here in the world. He's gonna say, don't do this, don't do this. Hold on here, come over here. Kid, I love you, come back, come back over here. Oh my gosh, they're going the wrong way. Throw a lifesaver over there, get in over here. And we think, no, no, God is just this idea. He just has all these abstract things. He loves us, it's fluffy love, everyone love each other. No, no, God is a person. When the Spirit comes, it's a He. He comes. It's a personal being. When the Holy Spirit is lied to in Acts chapter 5, Peter says, you didn't lie to to men, but to God. See, He's coming to convict the world. He's coming to show us where we're broken. And this is where it gets dangerous. This is where it gets very, very dangerous. For anyone who grew up in church, because you think right here we're reading that God's coming down in His Spirit to just be a hammer, 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 hammer. When he, when he convicts the world because of sin, because they do not believe in Jesus concerning what Jesus came to do in making us right with God by his sacrifice, not our obedience. It's good to obey. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not telling you, go out and do all the sins that you want. I, I don't want you to do that. I'm confident that we will, but I don't want you to because the Spirit will say, I've got this plan and I'm going to show people how broken they are, and then I'm going to show them how loved they are in Christ. See, it's, it goes on to say, I, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus says, I got more to tell you, but I can't tell you everything. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. We should ask God, the spirit, to come and speak to us, to guide us, to help us because he is the spirit of Christ. In that mystery of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they are all God. They have all the powers of God. And the Father exalts and lifts up the Son. The Son sends and, and, empower, and lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus again, who lifts up the Father. And it's this cyclical moment where these three aspects of God are constantly exalting one another. And God says, I'm going to give you my spirit now. And these things that I want to teach you, you can't understand them until my spirit is in you. I'll tell you, I've been, um, I've been so happy all March because Chris here bought me that domain name, theokschurch.com. You could literally go to okschurch.com and it takes you to the chapel. And he got an email, pastor at okschurch.com. I love Resurrection Sunday. Like, I love it. All my friends are like, 
we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. We're gonna have the biggest egg hunt of all time. So we're gonna get like Hulk Hogan to drop out of a helicopter with 10,000 eggs. What are you gonna do, Ryan? I was like, bro, eggs are a pagan worship religion. So I'm gonna do my pagan worship in my neighborhood, okay? That's where I pagan worship. And all of the, it's like the Facebook and Instagram algorithms, they want, they want me to see all the Easter videos and a lot of them are from a lot of my friends. Join us this Easter to hear about the best news. Y'all, I'm just tired. Staff was like, we should probably have more services for seats. No, if you get here late, you're just stuck in the lobby. You could leave. We're just the okayest church around, okay? Well, don't you want people to come to Jesus? For sure I do, man. For sure I do. We literally call people that attend only on Easter and Christmas, we call them creasters in the pastor world. I'm letting you, we're behind the Wizard of Oz curtain at this point. You know who I trust to change lives? The Holy Spirit is going to come and do what he's going to do. The Holy Spirit is more effective than, I know, some of the staff have been like, we should do the sponsored post. Like, I don't like sponsored posts. They give me the icks. But I think other churches do it. I'm not judging them. I am judging them. I'm not judging them. On the inside, I am. I'm not, Lord. Just a little bit here. No. Because... Because I feel like it's easy to market a machine, and I've been a part of large machines, and the Holy Spirit is just the forgotten uncle, the one who does the weird stuff in some of the churches. So my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would do what only he can do. Some of you feel like you're in impossible situations. The Holy Spirit is hovering over that void. Some of you feel like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, it's a good thing that he is the spirit of truth. He will tell you what to do. How do I hear the Holy Spirit, Ryan? What, how do I tune in to boop, 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 hear the Spirit of God? This is a great mystery because I, I, my tendency is to be like, this is me. I put the fun and the mental in fundamental. Just, just go read the Bible. You know, what the, the, no one had personal Bibles until like, I don't know, what was it? Not even a thousand years ago. The majority of Christian history only the nerds had scrolls. We have Bible apps. We've got Bible uh, studies. We've got Bible, Piper Bibles, scanning Bibles, e-Bible, all the Bibles. You could, if you want, you're welcome to steal a Bible. You're like, I want a Bible. Go steal one, like from the bookcase or the back table, like not next to you. I know that God reveals himself in the scriptures, and it's important that we get there. But I think half of the battle that we have is that we've written off the Holy Spirit because weird people have made him seem weird to us. Can, you might be sitting here, okay, well, can you just give me the, give me the bottom line? Can we speak in tongues? Because some churches say no tongues, yes tongues. If you're here and you're like, this is your first time in church, you're like, what is tongues? Well, here's what tongues are. It's called French kiss. I'm just kidding. It's not like that at all. It's, um, could you imagine? Lord, help me. Because it's, we want to fight about all the little things and neglect that the Spirit of God inhabiting us is, is one of the most immensely spiritually powerful things that we can ex experience. See, our generations, the young generations, they're craving spiritual experience. I, it, it bewilders me how many people I can meet as strangers, as strangers, and they're talking about what's your sign? And I keep thinking of the Jeff Foxworthy, like, here's your sign, you're dumb. But I don't. 
but, but I, that's my first thought. But they mean like, am I a, I can't even tell you that. Are you a Pisces and Aries and Aquarius, Sagittarius, the stars? You guys, we can get really weird about it all. You know, the 12 primary constellations, the sun rises, the sun gives life. These 12 constellations are battling and throughout history for supremacy of the night sky. The ancient Israelites thought that stars were celestial beings, and maybe they are. Maybe we are arrogant for thinking that celestial beings can't inhabit balls of burning hydrogen. See, there, there's more to this story of the spiritual realm overlapping the physical realm than I think we could give credit for, and that includes the fact that the spirit, the ruach, the pneuma of the creator God who can do all that he wants lives in Jesse. Jesse. Like lives in inside a red-headed Viking in 2023. Now you're laughing. But think about lives in you guys? That doesn't make sense. I know you guys. There's two people in this room that are kind that I know of personally. Okay? I'm related to one, and it's not my wife. I mean, she's kind. But my mother-in-law is the next level, next level kindness. So it makes sense that the Spirit would want to live in her, to me, a scoundrel. But the Holy Spirit also chose to live in my father-in-law, who is kind. Matt Mulroney, the Holy Spirit lives in you. We've been trying to get you to stop swearing for 70 years. Just, he only does tier three for those of you who are judging him from other churches. Don, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You've got 32 kids. I know you sin. I don't know how it is, but with that many kids, once you drive a homeschool bus, I know you sin and need Jesus a lot. And the Holy Spirit's not like, well, I'm going to wait till you clean up this and you clean up that. I'm going to wait till you stop doing this. I'm going to wait till you attend enough church services. The Holy Spirit comes into God's people, fills us with his power, makes us righteous as Christ, so that when the Father looks down from heaven and we are filled with the Spirit, the Father says, that guy is perfect. And you're thinking, I feel far from perfect. And the Father's saying to you, I am looking at my spirit who is in you and around you and above you and below you. So when I say that I have removed your sin as far as from the east and the west, I mean it. And we're down here like, does God love me? I don't know. The spirit of truth is going to guide you. The spirit of truth and righteousness is going to cleanse you. He's going to convict you. He's going to empower you. And here we are this whole time just thinking, I don't know. What can I do? Some of you feel like you're in an impossible situation today. There is nothing in this building that I want to use that word for in your lives, ever. I can tell you impossible things if you want to know them. It is impossible for God to sin because God, his very nature, cannot do the sin. So people try to trap, can God make a burrito so big he can't eat it, here's your sign. But can God sin? No, because it's not his nature to do it and he can only do what is consistent with who he is. Some of you have a pattern of absolute failure and you feel like I will never get ahead. I'll never get to the next level of being loved enough, being obedient enough, having a happy enough, this X, Y, A, B, C, D. And God is saying, stop trying to do this on your own. 
I am with you. I am in you. And all I want you to do is surrender. So yes, how do I have the Holy Spirit and listen to him? Some in the scripture, some in biblical community. We need to renormalize talking about Jesus in public with our friends. It shouldn't just be like, oh, this is the Bible study time. No, no. Like if you see someone and you recognize them, you're like, Jesus, let's talk about Jesus. And then they're going to be like, what about the weird uncle? Let's talk about him too, the Holy Spirit. And you dialogue and share. Yes. See, at least someone has a ruach in this room. See, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus and take what is mine and declare it to you. This is how you know the Spirit's in you. It will make you want to talk about Jesus more because the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus as well. So if you find yourself going for days and days and you're like, I don't want to talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit might not be in you. You might have been playing church this whole time like a game. It's not a game. This is eternity. But the loving creator of the universe, when you were the prodigal, he saw son. When you left the 99, he saw one. Not only did he say, I'm going to love them and die for them, he says, I'm actually going to live inside them. It's going to be the coolest thing ever. And we treat this Holy Spirit like he's something we don't really need. No, the Holy Spirit is the being that you cannot live without. Because you're not going to experience Christ in his fullness without the Spirit of God in you. And if you don't have Christ in his fullness, you don't get the Father in his fullness. And you see how it just unravels like that thread pulled out from the sweater? You see the Father, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So there's something that God wants to declare to you today in the Holy Spirit. And, and we will do a series on this probably around Pentecost, which is 50 days after Resurrection Sunday. Um, because I recognize that like, we need the theological structure for the Holy Spirit, but also the application, like the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, what the Spirit does, does not do. But today I just need you to say, Lord, um, I've been neglecting this aspect of you and not trusting that you will declare truth, that you will help me, because some of you feel helpless. And I want you to know that he is the helper. In the impossible situation that you're staring at right now, God's, God's got this. Like when we say God's got this, I literally mean God's got this, right? Right? Yeah. In case you didn't know, I'm looking at the people that this card was written about. So for Easter, don't invite too many people. Can this be our PSA? Here's who I want you to invite. I want you to say this week, Spirit of God, show me who you're pursuing Bring them near me, and I want to just invite them into my life and maybe to gather with us on Resurrection Sunday. Because as much as people have tried, God bless you, Joanna. Like, I am just a wild stallion, and I just frolic into whatever pasture the Lord leads me. But I love the staff and the volunteers enough to where I don't want to abuse you, because I've been abused on Easter Sundays and weekends, and it's rough. Like, I want Rhea and her team to blanket this place in prayer, and then go home and do pagan egg worship at their house with their kids, right? So we're, no, we're not going to have a bunch of egg hunts. I am going to douse the lobby with chocolate, so I'm going to hype up your kids. Um, but that's just for fun. Like They don't have to find them. There's going to be Cadbury eggs all over and little bunnies with little weird pagan symbols on their jackets. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, that'll be out there. And here it's just Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father. 
but ask the Spirit to lead you into relationship with people who he's calling to himself. Maybe it's you that needs to say, Lord, I, I've just been neglecting this power and this presence. The storm of my life is raging, but I, I forgot that you're hovering above, ready and willing and able to bring about change where I think there could be none. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would give you dreams, that you would prophesy, that you would speak truths about God in the face of the lies that our world wants to yell at us, and that you would do so in such a way that would be compelling to others. And they would say, something is weird about you because you still sin a lot, but you have so much joy because joy is in short supply. But the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's pray. Lord, I don't know how much these words matter in their entirety, but I know that you can take your scripture and change hearts. I know that you can take one idea, one concept, one word, and someone's life can be altered back to you or toward you for the first time. Spirit of God, I pray that that's the case today. That for those who perhaps wanted a dissertation on your spirit, that they would be softened to pray for those in this room that don't have your spirit, don't know him, aren't filled with him, don't know the next step. But you tell me, Lord, that you'll send the spirit. I can't send it. Nathan can't send it. The prayer team can't send it. You send the Spirit. So I pray that you would send the Spirit in the hearts of people today and that there would be forgiveness found for the first time. I pray that you send your Spirit in the midst of situations that look impossible to me and that there would be hope for the first time. I pray for the kids who are hurting and confused in this room today and in the back that you would give them clarity and truth and understanding to understand things that we can't fathom. Pray for the babies in this room, Lord, that you would fill them with continued joy and that they would be a light to the parents and the grandparents. Thank you for this family, for the ups and the downs, for the tears and the laughing. We're here to be filled by you, Lord, your all-powerful presence. Let it be done. In Jesus' name.